This is Fresh Air. Terry Gross is on assignment. I'm Barbara Bogave. It's one of the more wrenching ironies of American history. The founding fathers not only owned slaves, but in some instances had children by them, failed to free them, and permitted slavery to be accommodated in the constitutional system. George Washington himself kept 300 slaves at Mount Vernon and had slaves serve in his presidential homes in New York and Philadelphia. But by the end of his life, this had become a torment for him, and in his will, he made provisions for their eventual freedom. How he came to this decision is the subject of historian Henry Winsick's new book, An Imperfect God, George Washington, His Slaves, and the Creation of America. Winsick found evidence in Washington's private papers and court records and archives that the first president had begun to see the evils of slavery even before he took office, but that he regrettably let social, financial, and personal pressures overcome his moral qualms. Henry Winsick has written extensively on race in early American history and on plantation life in Virginia. Winsick says that Washington's decision in 1799 to emancipate his slaves sets him apart from Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, and his other contemporaries, that it was truly revolutionary. We look back on that time and think that the founding fathers simply did not see the evil of of slavery and that they did not think that the African-Americans were fully human beings. And that's simply not true. I mean, I document in my book how many of the founders uh, said things that reveal that they were deeply aware of the evil of slavery. But Washington was really the only one who acted upon it. Uh, he was the only founding father to free all of his slaves. Jefferson died possessing about 200 slaves, and he only let five of them go in his will. And uh, two of them were either his children or his nephews. Uh, another one was related to him distantly, and the other two were lo- loyal servants. But Washington really stands out. Uh, he, he's almost unique. Well, one of the strongest uh, bits of evidence, of course, uh, is George Washington's will, which uh, in which he wrote that his 123 slaves at the time of his death, after his wife's death, should receive their freedom. So how much detail, though, does he go into in, in the will? And, and what can you read into the wording about how he came to this decision and, and the circumstances of it? You can read a tremendous amount into, into that into that will. It's really an extraordinary document. I think one of the most important documents that Washington has left us. Uh, but the the a couple of things struck me when I read that when I read that will. First of all, it's the second longest clause in his will, and it's the first major clause in the will. Right after the customary one line bequest to to of all of his property to Martha for as long as she might live, he went into this. Uh,